Welcome to C-Suite Radio. It's time for another edition of the Brett Allen Show. It's go time, you and me. Join us weekly for the latest pop culture interviews from your favorite TV shows, movies, comedians, and so much more. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you, felt good. Plus, you never know who will drop by. What happened here was a miracle. Now, here is your host. I said, throw down, boy. Welcome to tonight's main event. Brett Allen. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode. Uh, Brett here chatting with actor Paulo Costanzo. I'm excited to talk about you and your career because you have had such a good career. I mean, you've done so many um, amazing projects, uh, but thanks for your time and thanks for hanging out today. Of course. Thank you for having me. And thanks for saying that. That's a really, yeah, that's a really, I feel very lucky (laughs) when you come to think of it. Yeah. Well, I want to start talking with you about uh, kind of a fun intersection of your career, uh, Joey, because we had your co-star, <laughs> Drea, on. Uh, she oh, was really? Pro- yeah, she was promoting a new project, Collide, and she I, I wasn't going to talk to her about it, and uh, she sort of made a little bit of a joke, and so we got into this very interesting conversation about that show, and you came up in the conversation uh, about just kind of how it was such an interesting project that came about because I'm texting uh, her right now. Yeah, she uh, you, we talked about it and she had some interesting things to say um, <laughs> about the show and really sort of how it kind of like friends ended. And then now there's this like Joey spinoff. Uh, she played your mom and you played her kid. And yeah. it was just kind of, and I was watching clips of it earlier, actually. Uh, and there was one scene where you're trying to um, put a, a water cooler jug inside of a water cooler and water spilling everywhere. Let's talk about that because that was kind of a show that was on. And then all of a sudden it sort of disappeared. Uh, yeah. That's so funny. You bring that up. So yeah, I'm developing a podcast around that right now. So I've been thinking about it a lot. Um I mean, there's there's so many things to talk about in regards to that show. Uh, I, I almost don't want to, you know, I, I almost want to save it for you to listen to in the podcast. Yeah, no, we could totally do that. Absolutely. But, but I will say that both. So Dre and Adam Goldberg played my respective parents, and both of them were eight years older than me at the time. Um, <laughs> it was interesting and weird, but it was also like. I feel like they were a little older than their years and I was definitely younger than my years at the time. So it made sense. Like I was a very young 24 year old at that point. Like, cause I hadn't, I, I, my whole life was just like video games and weed and work. That's like all I ever <laughs> did. Um, which is interesting. I'll let this kind of, I'll just, I'll kind of segue now, which is so in, in between those two seasons, I did a movie called everything's gone green direct uh, written by Douglas Copeland in Vancouver. And I was 25, uh, again, between seasons one and two, I went and shot that in Vancouver and I just, you know, I just shot upload in Vancouver. Um, I've been going back and forth. Um, And it's just so interesting to experience Vancouver because it's been like 17 years or something since, since I shot that movie, since I've been in Vancouver working. 
Wow. And it, I just had no appreciation at that time for like the physical beauty of that city because all I was doing was working and like, you know, just like didn't even leave the hotel room. I was just like hanging out being like a dummy. And this time experiencing the city so, so now that I'm like an adult, uh, it's such a beautiful city. My God. And I'll just again, I'll just just because we're talking and I'm talking about things that are on my mind. Um the first season of Upload was during the pandemic. Uh, I imagine you were going to ask me about Upload at some point. Of course, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was great to see you on that uh, in your character. Of course, yeah. Actually, I think we tried getting you this last season. Because oh, you, you talked to Greg. You spoke to Greg Daniels. Yeah, and uh, he was yeah. great. And then, of course, yeah, we've had me. Allegra on both seasons. Allegra has been on. And then so we... Uh, had Andy Allo too on as yeah, well. She's my co-star. Have you have you ever had Kevin Bigley? No. Every time we try and get him, it's a hard no. He yeah, he's so, hard to get a hold of. Uh, and we missed the junk. No? At the, yeah, really? yeah. I we we did. <laughs> I, this could be a conversation for offline because I don't want to piss anybody <laughs> off in the business. But it's it like so the first season when it came out. Since we're talking about it, we had yeah. it booked because the show was new and like, you know, everybody was kind of evergreen in this project. And then we had him, and then something came up with scheduling and it didn't work. So oh, I followed, get him. I followed so- up a year letter on the email strand and whoever his team was at the time was like, unfortunately he's not available. So then Dude, we got on the junket. Now. We got try on the junket. Now. I will. Yeah. I'll, I'll try now. We got on the junket and we got Greg and Andy um for the junket which i thought was great and then but uh, it's such a good show i mean so i bring smart. him up because he's he's like one of my favorite i'm such a fan of his and i just got to know him my last time in vancouver because i don't i haven't worked with him um he's just so great and such a fan i'm sorry that you feel he snubbed you or his team well, snubbed wasn't you. I, it's not even that ball. it's just i this i sound a, i sound a little well well, I mean, I trust you, and I don't know that that many people with that forever reach. I, I will. I wasn't. I don't feel snubbed, but I say a hard no because it's hard to get people when you're a one man show, and we've been very lucky to have like some really great people. Yeah. Uh, obviously, yourself in present company, but very, very sweet. Go it's just, it's hard, you know, because right. like these people have limited time. I get it. People are busy. They're filming. Some people will do projects uh, or podcasts or whatever during production. And some just don't want to mess with it. hate you like Kevin. It's true. (laughs) I know. Well, I'm sure there are people out there who don't like me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's get back (laughs) to me. So um, (laughs) let's talk about you. That's why we're here. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so Vancouver is beautiful as an adult and blah, 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 blah. Um, Just to finish the Joey thing. Um, yeah, such a weird experience. No one has spoken about it publicly. And so that's what I'm going to try to do in my podcast is kind of unearth the whole and like unpack the experience because I've been sitting with it for 20 years. I think everybody involved, um, you know, there's something strangely incomplete complete about it, specifically in the sense that it was pulled from the TV from from actual from, it was pulled from airing TV while we were shooting it. So we yeah, were like, it just went we away shooting. <laughs> we were shooting past the point where we, where we knew it was not even going to air. 
which was such a mind fuck. Can I say the F word? I You're did. fine. Yeah, that um, is weird. It's one thing to do something and then not know if it's going to go up, but then to do something that's gone up. It was surreal. It was so, <laughs> so much of a surreal. Anyway, what else do you want to talk about? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap with this. Like you literally cannot find episodes of it anywhere. Like there's clips online with YouTube, oh, I know. but you can't, there's no DVDs. No, I'm excited for the podcast. I think people will go nuts for that. I, I, I think you've had a good career. I want to talk about Royal pains. That's another great show that you got to be a part of. Okay. Um, and uh, one that lasted for a very long time. So I want to talk about, that because you have this intersection in your career where you did things and then you kind of, you know, we didn't see you for a while. And then all of a sudden now you're popping back up on all these different shows. Um, I guess my question would be what sort of interested you in acting to begin with? Like what was the draw for you? Uh, Because you got very popular very quickly. Like your career just blasted, at least from my perspective. And you just did so many different things. Oh, that's such a, such a long, I could fill so much of, um, you can find this on other interviews. Like I almost don't want to bore you with repeat stories, but I don't know. My mom was kind of an actress growing up. She, you know, she kind of forfeited her career cause she had me and she was a single mom. Um, but I was one of the, I was one of those like really shy kids who had like this inner playful guy that was, that I was afraid to show to the world. And then maybe I haven't, there was just a moment in high school where I was in an art school for uh, music for trumpet and I hated trumpet. I, I just was kind of doing it because I don't even know why, but there was one moment um, where there was this guy who was like, he wasn't like a bully. He was just a big guy that I, that I knew. And he was sitting next to me in class. And I just remember this one moment where um, I dropped my test by accident on the ground and I went to pick it up. And as I went to pick it up, his huge boot or whatever he was wearing, he just stomped on it. Just like this strange out of the blue mean gesture. And I looked up at him and he was just kind of sneering at me and I just felt so, and I just had nothing to do. I was like, I don't know what to do with this. And I picked up my test and I had to do the whole test with his boot print on my, and I, and that was like a very solidifying moment for me where I, like, I'm I'm thankful that he did that because I just decided, I was like, I'm not going to be this shy guy anymore. Like I'm going to, it like lit a fire under me and that helped to kind of, to, to create a kind of a, a moment, like a force, like a momentum to getting what I really wanted, which was to become an actor. And then I, I rode that wave and then I became like the musical theater guy. And my first role was Tony and West Side Story, which was like not a small role that I had to fight for really hard. And like I, you know, practiced for months to, to audition for it. And and um yeah, and I guess the rest is kind of history. I don't know if I've ever told that story before. I, you know, I've watched a lot of your interviews, but, you know, you. Um, I remember that guy's name. I'm not going to say it, but I remember his name. And he was so nice to me before. It was such funny a that you moment. remember him. I wonder if he re- looks at you now and goes, man, this well, guy. <laughs> the best revenge is success. Every bully I yeah. had in high school, I'm like. Like, especially when Road Trip came out, I was like, I know that. Oh, was that was probably a big, like, like, F you. Like, yeah, it's well, it's good. funny. Dre said the same thing. She got into acting as a revenge against guys that she dated that wanted to become actors. 
Uh, and they're like, well, she's not going to ever do anything. And then she did a few things and then landed the Sopranos. Uh, and the rest is history for her as well. Uh, back. I haven't texted her in like years. <laughs> I just said, talking about you in an interview right now, it's Paulo. And she said, who's this? <laughs> so I'm saying Paulo again. Let's see what she says. You're, you're <laughs> witnessing me reconnecting with Dre after years uh, in real time. Okay. I love it. So again, road trip, another defining moment. Uh, in- Joey. Come on. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, road trip, another great hit. I mean, that was a huge kind of in that time capsule of, you know, teen type stories. Yeah, that movies. was weird. That was a whole Cinderella story in itself. Really? So was that not something that you wanted or expected or you wanted really bad and you wound up getting it? Um, I was doing Canadian TV. I dropped out of theater school because I was getting work. And then there was like a long period. Forgive my straw. That's okay. It's a good straw. It's a good color. There was a period where I wasn't getting work. And then I started to think, I started to doubt myself. I was like, shit, am I going to have to like change careers or what have I done? Like, did I make a mistake? And then uh, through a series of events, another story that I can't tell now, it's too long, but it's really good. But anyway, I, I just hit this point where I stopped caring. I forget what happened. I just had, I just reached a point of like, ah, who gives a shit? And then I auditioned for a couple things that week that I didn't even think much of. And then that same week I got a, they flew me to New York to screen test for road trip, which was like for me, I'd never left this the city. I'd never been on a plane by myself. Wow. I got the call that morning. Like you got to get to the airport right away. And I got to the room and Ivan Reitman was in the room. No one told me that I was like, what the fuck? But I was like, I felt very confident. Cause again, I had this weird kind of like, I don't care. Um, and uh, I got that part. And the same day that I got offered that part, I got offered the part in uh, a Gary Burns. He's a Canadian filmmaker at the time, a very like successful one. He offered me the lead in his movie too. So like the same day I got these two great wow. offers and I had to, and I remember telling my, my agent, cause I was, cause the, the Gary Burns one was more of like an independent, like it was a cool, it was the lead. It was like a cool thing. And I didn't know anything. And I was like, like, don't I do this to do movies like this? Like to play the lead in like a cool indie where there's like layers and levels. And he, and he, he just, he was, he was like, no, you're doing, you're, no, you're doing the DreamWorks film. And I was like, what really? <laughs> and he's like, this conversation is over. You're, um, that's hilarious. I mean, I think that's the thing that people, that's why I talk to actors and whatever comedians, people, because I don't think people know those stories. And I think they find them fascinating because, like when we look at you as an entertainer or an actor or whatever storyteller, we see the projects that you do like Royal Plains or Royal Pains or Designated Survivor, you know, another great character arc uh, that you got that to be a part fun. of. And that was another show, too, that I really thought could have lasted the distance. But, yeah, you know, it went away fun. and then went on to Netflix, I think. And then they sort of took their stab at it. Um and it didn't make it, you know, which was unfortunate. So yeah, that was another was, good project. The show was doomed. It, it, yeah. That was fun, though. That was a really fun, fun. That was a fun character. That was yeah. such a fun character to play. You did good in that. That was really good. Thank you so much. And, I enjoy that. I, do, I enjoy watching. The writing was so good. It was yeah. just it set me up just so perfectly. Yeah. yeah, you did. And it was good. And I, the thing when it went to Netflix, I found interesting is they sort of kind of, uh, Darkened I don't know. 
what darkened it. Yeah, it made it a little bit more hardcore. Like there was some things in it that I was just like, wow, you can tell. They made a lot of mistakes throughout the whole thing. And they said four showrunners. Oh, wow. Four different showrunners in three seasons. So there was just a lot of miscommunication. And I kind of felt bad for Kiefer because he like really cared about the show. And he was like, he put everything into that character and into that show. He was so, so professional, such an interesting guy to work with. You know, at times he could definitely be like scary because he's like, you know, he's Kiefer. Like he, he takes it very seriously and things can get very intense at times. Um, but it always came from a from a place of of him just caring about the work so much. Like he just he just was the most prepared actor ever. So yeah, that was almost an, a little bit similar to watching Matt and Joey grapple with what was happening with that. Like where you knew it was just wasn't going the way that he wanted it to go. And, right. Um, like. Kiefer, they're similar in the sense that both of them had a very high bar of excellence for their work. Um, and you had to be at their level or else you had, you know, you get, you got in trouble, like, which is, I think a great motivator for everybody. Um, uh, yeah. It, even like, that's, that's a good point, <laughs> but it's a sad, it was sad to watch both of them. These people that you kind of looked up to, uh, you know, watch the kind of ship sinking around them. Um, yeah. It's unfortunate. Uh, and yeah. that's the crazy thing about your business is that like nothing is really ever guaranteed. I mean, even at the highest level, like you just don't know, there's no predictability with how things are going to go. Um, sure. You know, I, I think kind of encompassing this conversation here, like what do you look for in a project when you decide when something's presented to you? I mean, is there like a sort of character that you want to play or do you have a process in choosing what work outside of like having a conversation with your agent saying you're going to do this, you know, massive tent pole motion picture? Well, at the, uh, it depends. There's different points in my career because there's points in my career where I'm in a position where I don't need the work as much. Um, and then I could be more choosy. And then there's parts of my career where, you know, I just need the freaking work and I got to just take something. I mean, I have a freaking, you know, I have got to pay the bills. I think a lot of actors will, whether they say it or not, like Alfred Molina told me one of the, one of the first things I ever did was a, um, this made for TV movie with Alfred Molina before he was famous and uh, Linda Hamilton from T2. And she had just done T2. And that was like, she was, that was huge for me because that was my favorite movie. Um, but I had scenes with both of them and Alfred Molina was like, he came over and he, that was another like turning point in my career Cause I was just this like Canadian kid. And I was really serious about acting, but I was like, I was f- finishing my last day and he came over and he sat next to me. He's, he's like, he's like, you know, you're a really good actor, man. You're a really good. You're a really fucking good actor. And I was like, wow, wow. Thanks a lot. He goes, no, you're really good. You know, you're going to do a lot of shit. You're going to do a lot of shit in your career, you know, but keep going, wow. keep going. And it's true. I mean, I've been lucky enough to have done mostly not shit. Just, I don't know. It's just, I've, I've had like, I've had a good run, but I've, you know, I've done things that, that, uh, just for the money too. So anyway, to answer your question, sometimes like with Resident Survivor, they came to me with that and I saw two pages of script and I was like, holy shit, this is the best character in the show. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I'll say yes to this. Um, but right now I'm in a state where, you know, I'm not, I'm not 
you know, I guess maybe I'm getting old. I'm just not, you know, I'm having to fight really hard for roles that I want. So I'm developing things right now. I'm developing two features, the podcast. I have this like high concept short film that I'm also uh, trying to get made. So that's what I'm focusing on now, trying to just make the things that I want to work on as opposed to wait around for the, for people to come to me with stuff. That's a great point. As we wrap here, I, I want, I, I think that's a good message that, and I've heard that before the part about, you know, paying the bills, you know, I had somebody on recently who was on a very popular television show, uh, Fox late night, you know, was the competitor to SNL, uh, mad TV. And she said oh, something man. very fascinating. Who was it? Uh, Mo Collins. Okay. Uh, and I she said, that show. I like that. Show. She said the same thing. You know, the persona is a lot of people don't want to admit that there's mortgages due, car payments due, and you have to sometimes take jobs because you need the work. Um, but David she, Dave said it on his podcast recently. He's like, look, man, when you're working, you're making lots of money, but when you're not working, you're not making any money. Unless no, there's no to- unemployment. There's no government. Well, Dre's calling me now. Hold on. Let me get it. Let me get it. I'm going to put her on speakerphone. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, who's this? <laughs> is this uh? Th- are you? Is this Dre? Oh man, this is uh, Francisco. Hey, Francisco, how you doing? Good. Who's this? Do you know? It's your. It's your old friend Paulo. I actually, I actually think I may have the wrong number. Do you know Dre De Mateo, or is, is this just a different number now? Mateo, no, I think it's a different number. Okay, well, Francisco, you're part of an interview right now. Um, do you want to say hi to your listeners? What up? What's up? <laughs> All right. Well, you, you did great, Francisco, and I'm sorry to bother you. Uh, no problem. If you ever want to chat, give me a call. <laughs> All right. I'll you, see you later, man. But yeah, peace out. Bye. This has been the best conversation. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like <laughs> this is as real as it gets, people. Uh, I got to find her. I got to reach out on Instagram now. That was good. Well, for at least. Yeah. You know, at least you got Francisco. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely uh, a bullet point for us. So there's no excuse for people to not make content, like regardless of where you're at in this picture puzzle, like there's too many outlets now to not create, right? Cause you can wait around for things, but you could be waiting around for a long time, even yeah. at your level, you know, where you've had, I say great success, uh, great shows, but, you're doing the podcast and these other things that you're putting together. So that's a good thing, I think for people to catch in this conversation. Yeah, it's true. It really is true. Yeah. I love it. Well, I can't wait for upload again. And of course I, this podcast, you've got me very interested now. So I'll let you, know- you know, keep, keep, keep looking at my Instagram because eventually it's going to come out. I haven't actually done it yet, but. So uh, is it going to be a rewatch podcast where you watch episodes or what's it going to be? Um, I don't. Or can know. you tell us? That's an interesting idea. Uh, it could be a number of things, but uh, yeah, it's just it's it, it's in the early stages of development. I'm just starting to speak to the company that I I want to work with on it. I love it. Well, congratulations yeah. on everything, and I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Me too, um, man. Thanks a lot, and and I got to touch base with Francisco, which is the most important thing. <laughs> Shout out to Francisco. Thanks for listening and being a part of today's conversation. Thank you! If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend. It's absolutely free. A major proportion. The views and opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And remember, we care.